Corporate to Calm podcast. In 2017, I realized my personal life was completely at odds with my professional life. I am now on a journey to speak with entrepreneurs, community leaders, and beyond to discover what motivated them to make the change, what motivated them to move from corporate to calm. Hey there, you are very welcome to today's episode of Corporate to Calm. One caveat, when I recorded this, I had lost my voice slightly, so it was on the mend. So just to bear that in mind. Um, today I am speaking with Virginia Zilu. Virginia is an Italian living in Ireland. She has a business called Virginia's Health Corner, where Virginia is a nutritionist and helps people understand what goes into the body and how it will help their body. She is passionate about saying sustainability. She is passionate about food, about seasonality, and she has numerous businesses on the go. I hope you enjoy Virginia's journey from corporate to camp. So hi Virginia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on the Corporate to Cam podcast. Um, tell me a little bit about you. So um, hello, everyone. And thank you, uh, Linda, for asking me to be on your podcast and your lovely podcast. So my name is Virginia Zulu and I'm a nutritional therapist. And my um, I suppose my business name is Virginia South Corner, as most people know me from uh, Instagram and my social media. So, um, yes, so I'm uh, I do um, one to one um, clients. I do some groups and workshops, corporate. I do a lot of things. <laughs> But um, yes, so that's me, a little bit about me. And where where did it all begin? Where did you start your career? Was it always in food? Was it in somewhere else? Okay, no. I, okay, so I moved to Ireland. I'll give a little bit of introduction about me. So I moved, I'm from Italy, from Sardinia. I moved to Ireland um, 17 years ago. Wow, that's a long time. It is. And I was only just gone um, 19. Actually, it was about to be 19 years old because it was the 8th of December. So I started as an au pair and I literally threw an ad from newspaper. My dad just saw these ads and said, why don't you um, give it a try? And, you know, for learning English was main, the main thing. And obviously, I, I always loved um, minding kids, you know, always loved being around kids and minding small kids. So these were two small kids that I was minding uh, in Ashburn, in County Meath. So yeah. that's how I started. So from then, there was a lot of difficult events that happened. So the mother of the children died wow. the day of my birthday. So that was traumatic for me because obviously I, it was a little bit of traumatic experience for me for the kids obviously and then my now husband followed me from Sardinia a couple of months after so he helped me towards kind of that big change because then obviously I had to leave the house from being an au pair because obviously the dad was just not in a good place can imagine and that's when we both started looking for a job so my main I suppose I have a diploma in tourism and travel from Sardinia so my main area was obviously tourism so I looked for at the start it was just uh, anything to be honest and obviously I had a lot of kind of customer service I worked in hotels restaurants before I came to Ireland so I started in O'Brien's sandwich bar <laughs> so that was really nice and I uh, and then I did a UCI cinema so it's all customer service yeah. based. 
So then I moved my last job before I, I become a nutritionist was Lufthansa Airlines. So I was doing customer service, ticketing and all that for Lufthansa. in the airport. No, in um, Kulak, in the Northside uh, Business Park. That's okay. where I used to work. And then from that, I moved to corporate with American Express Travel. And yeah. that's where I worked for uh, Wyatt in Grange Castle. I used to work there for um, many good, oh God, I forgot all the years now, four or five years anyway. And then I had a um, um, little bit of another traumatic event, which it's a personal event anyway, where I had to have an operation. And obviously I, had, I was off sick from, yeah. anyway, I was made redundant because the, there was an acquisition why it became Pfizer at that time. Oh, yes. And the, 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 they didn't need an on-site um, business help desk support. So I moved to be redundant. And then I had another job lined up already, which was very far from where I lived. And I was very stressed. But all in the meantime, I had to refuse the job because I wasn't able to work. I, it was a quite traumatic operation. So, yeah, I couldn't walk for like six, seven months. Okay. So, yes, it was an injury. So <clears throat> I had to literally took the time off. And during that time, I said, okay, I really, obviously, I've been into food all my life. It was big foodie. Um, and I said, okay, well, I'm really interested to know more about nutrition. So that's when I started during that time just to, to I said, okay, what will I do? Where will I study? And then I started um, working in the in an health shop. I worked in Holland and Bars. Okay. Um, like very, very start. And I did um, assistant manager. So that's supervisor job I started with. Um, and I did that. And then I said, okay, is that really what I want to do? Or do I really want to persevere and start a new career? So then I started uh, in a local health shop in a, in a year and a half after. As, and I loved it. I stayed there for seven years, seven plus years. And I started the, the diploma, which is four and a half, was four and a half years. Very intense diploma. And which is really kind of the degree level. But unfortunately, the Irish legislation didn't allow it to be a level okay. seven. But it is a level seven. So it is a degree level. But it's a diploma classified on my paper but well, it's four and a half years so I studied long time while, oh long time while working in the health shop wow sorry and was it all like it was at night time and everything like that and no it was weekends so wow. it was every yeah it was weekends and then a lot of home study like distance learning but it was really <clears throat> a lot of assignments a lot of things over that it's actually Three and a half, nearly four years, not four and a half, nearly four, but still. Yeah. It's a long diploma. And when did you decide that you were going to leave the health food shop and pursue a career for you, like a, a, pursue your business, okay. I suppose? So while I was studying, I was still working in the health shop. Yeah. So I did part time, then I went into a little bit more of a full time. But anyway, I worked in the health shop, loved it, loved, met so many people. Um, like-minded people and then obviously within the business like health shop industry it's it's huge in Ireland and I met a lot of people and so I was practicing then in the shop because when I got my first qualification is the health coaching qualification which gives you obviously it's some sort of 
Um, it's not like nutritional therapy. Nutritional therapy is more in-depth, but you can still practice as a health coach. So I did start, so I had my own room in the health shop and work still. So that was a little bit of transition. Then when I went, finished my nutritional therapy, I was practicing. So I kind of started my business while working in the health shop. Right. It was perfect because obviously that was my perfect environment where people needed that kind of help. You know, they come to the health shop, most people for, they are actually already like-minded. So they are into holistic health. Most people that come to the health shop are anyway, or somebody send send you to the health shop. So Unfortunately, then that's the problem. So I got cancer when I was pregnant with my first child. So I got Hodgkin's lymphoma and I practiced up until May 2016. And then I had to give up because obviously I I gave birth in June and then I had to start my chemotherapy. So I kind of stopped my business. I had to stop. Although I was well, I had no symptoms. I was absolutely fine, but I had to stop for that reason. So I actually looked through my last recommendation. It was May 2016 before I came back. But anyway, so cancer came, six months chemotherapy, firstborn. It was a little bit traumatic, a lot happening. And then I just said, look, I'm taking my time. But I was still well active within my community, obviously. I was still active and my colleagues, I kept in touch with all of them, you know, because I was still obviously into it I was still into nutritional therapy all the over the years but I wasn't ready to come back you know mentally or physically yes. so what happened then I got pregnant again thankfully with the second <laughs> the second two years after then of two years of a difference I gave birth in two years after thankfully all fine and then after then he was I started back when he was only really well I started now nearly two years so he was quite young but I decided it was time to come back. I was mentally ready. Yeah. I said, look, I'm ready now. Because obviously for my job, you have to be in the right headspace. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. People. To motivate people and to, yeah. to be, as, as we, we just had a quick chat before we came on and we we're just saying about, like, you do have to be positive hmm. in your space. You know, if, if you're trying to, I suppose you're trying to motivate people and you're trying to, you're not going, if you're negative, you're not going to attract clients as well. Yeah. I suppose I've never been, I've, one thing they always say to me, I've never been negative yeah. uh, throughout the most negative experiences. Well, yes. I wasn't like, you need to be, when I say mental space, I mean, I need to be in the good space myself first. Yes. Able to give that back to people. And there was no point for me because it was still quite emotional because obviously, I, as you can imagine, I get a lot of, um, sorts of issue with clients I get cancers I get um, abuses I get a lot of very personal issues so I said I can't take those on me until I am strong enough to be able to help them because then absolutely absolutely I totally understand that because you're kind of like if you're not in a strong healthy place mentally Mm. you, you know it's very hard in like in a lot of people in maybe a corporate position would turn off the laptop at five o'clock and walk away but you yeah. take on people and you, you know it's very hard to go okay now thank you very much and walk out the door and go I'm not going to think about that person again yeah. when you do you do you want to help them 
I do, and that's the empathy, I suppose, that I find was missing from, it's not all the medical professions, sorry, don't get me wrong, but it was missing from a yeah. lot of, so I, I find that is a very big part of my profession. You have to have empathy to understand or really get into, but as well, you have to learn to step back because otherwise you can't take every issue, every person's or client's issue yes. to your own life. You have to, you have to step back and just... And when when you were going through, so you, there was two years between your babies and you had been diagnosed um, with cancer and you're healthy now um, and, 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 and that. But did it help your knowledge helped you? So was it a combination of like holistic and then your treatment as well? So did you find that the knowledge of your body and what you're putting into your body helped helped you through that time as well? For sure, because when I went, I was obviously, as I said, this was actually a lifestyle cancer because it was nothing to do. It wasn't dietary. It was nothing. And it was a lifestyle. So I was obviously my immune system didn't respond very. I don't know if everybody's familiar with Hodgkin's lymphoma, but it affects your lymphatic system and your lymph nodes. So the first line of defense, I suppose, that you have, like even like if you get an infection, you can respond in many ways, but sometimes your lymph node swells. That's where your immune system, the active cells are, and that's the army that it's on the lymph nodes. So it attacks your lymph nodes and um, it just obviously, you know, it then they don't heal, they become cancerous. So my immune system was obviously not working very well, but I know I've been exposed to a chemical um, two years before that. So I know it was that particular, yeah, well, unfortunately yes so that was a a particular exposure that I can link to because I have no other there's no history in my family there's nothing ever that was well so far but there was none of that so it's an exposure that obviously I didn't respond very well to it okay but I was well and my body was really well so when I obviously when you do chemotherapy they test you every two weeks they get your bloods and they check for your white cells so they check for your uh, white cells they they don't they don't drop that obviously they're aiming not for them to drop so low because then you can't have treatment because obviously the treatment will completely wipe them out right. however I was I never went below the recommended level because I was obviously following um another I was with another uh, colleague of mine so I was following his protocol you know to the to the T, to a T. And then I was looking after, obviously, I did fasting, I did loads of bomb broths, loads of healing foods. And I never ended up having to stop treatment because of my white blood cells. So that so was it's, it was a combination of oh, yes, a combination of medical treatment and a combination of, you yes. know, as you say, following it, it, dietary requirements to a yeah. T and knowing what's healthy in your body. And I think that's what's brilliant about you Virginia as well is that you know you know you've the empathy you've been through a traumatic situation you you know what people need on an individual basis but you're not going oh don't do that medical stuff as well it's all about it's all about the combination and yeah oh these always and I say to people I'm not against medicine at all because Mm -hmm. medicine helped me to come through it however if you have the complementary approach as well while you're following like it's the same with any medical hormonal treatment I'm not against it yeah 
But if you do that alongside complementary approaches, it will be much more effective and yes. with less side effects. That's always like, oh, I yeah. never been against medication. Obviously, yeah. some medication there you can avoid taking them. Absolutely. <laughs> However, some can be really beneficial. So I did it. I did my chemo. However, I I made sure I managed all the side effects. I think I've done pretty well in managing all of those because I I I know um, some other young women that went through it and they were really sick. They were very sick. So yeah, yeah. I, thank God I, I was. Yeah. And was that like absolutely? Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic that you're you know you're able to share your story and help other people um, now as well. Um, I suppose Lincoln. That to um I'm I'm probably moving on a little bit in the um interview in the sense that your lipidemia as well am I saying that right lipidemia, lipidemia yes lipidemia yeah, yeah um was that as a result this is now my ignorance was that as a result of cancer or had you suffered with that previously no that's always been there so. okay. Lipedema kind of starts from puberty, but okay. you don't, some women might not really see it until like some women are really, really uh, body aware and they can see that very early. And some just put it down to most women, to be honest, they're not diagnosed, put it down to chubby legs or just that's what the, my, the way my legs are. But unfortunately, it's a health condition. Wow. And yeah, it's genetic. So my grandmother has it. And usually it's, it can be one generation or two generation, but if you can go back to it genetically, you will see there's usually a link with usually the mother side. Yeah. To it. My mom doesn't have it, but my grandmother has it. Okay. So it's genetic, but unfortunately it's very poorly understood. And now there's way more, it's way more advanced now than when I was diagnosed. Well, I was not even diagnosed, but when I thought they thought I had it. So no, it's it's something that it can't be cured, but it can be managed. So right. the key is to weight control is really important, but unfortunately, it doesn't respond to common weight approach like you know exercise. Uh, like for us, the more exercise we do, the more detrimental it can actually be because we don't want to reach inflammation. So we have to be very careful what type of exercise we do. We need to move anyway. Everybody yes. needs to move. But we need to move in a specific way so that we don't inflame the tissue. So it's very difficult, as you can imagine, because when you move, you're actually burning active calories. So we have to be, it's just constant everyday management is a lot to, to do, so, you know, to manage the condition. So. And do you think that people are like very reluctant to diagnose lipedema or is it something that because I know looking at your um your social media you're so open about like you you're all you, you foam roll you do your trampolining you you know it's all specific to help with with that side of your body and everything like that is it is it a case that you've had women come to you or do, do men suffer from lipedema um it's more common in women but men can have it my brother was informally diagnosed but i do believe he has some form of it in his calves now he probably doesn't like me talking about it you know it (laughs) does but i do think he has it but because he has some form of i can see it anyway but i'm not a medical professional yes however he would suffer from 
similar, but they don't get it as bad because they don't have the estrogen as much as yes. women uh, involved in the condition because it's in estrogen. Estrogen is really involved in the growth of lipid. Right. Yeah. And, and do you think that people are just undiagnosed with this condition and they just think that they have, as you say, they've got chubby legs when they don't, it's it. Yes, they are. And that's the problem because a lot of medical profession, that's why they, I do a lot of awareness. I talk a lot about it because yes. a lot of medical profession do not know about it at all. And in Ireland, we have one consultant in St. James's Hospital and we have another one in um, Cork. But that's all we have. We have two consultants. Maybe wow third one that I know of then know about it and so when women when you go to the GP most GPs don't uh, never heard of it they're like oh you're just you're just obese and they discard you as obese and you're like oh yeah just go do exercise do lose a bit of weight and then women think about the stress it puts on a women's yeah. body because we can't we just can't we are able to lose the other fat obviously you have other like you have your normal uh, fat you can lose it's not just all lipedema when you're losing it I have some pictures that you can really see it I'm really skinny on top and you can see the legs like that's when I noticed that that's not normal because I'm after losing like loads of weight which is extra fat because we also have extra fat it's not just all lipedema yeah but that lipedema does not it's very difficult to burn that fat because it's sick like the fat cells are sick so you don't get to burn them off Normally, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but most women, they, they've been, I shared a story, like a woman was um, going through anorexia because she just could not lose that weight. And she and went to just... That's so scary because the pressure that we put on ourselves to lose weight and to... And and if you're like, because I know that um, like we, we've talked about previously, uh, even through Instagram and everything about you know, oh, just eat 1200 calories a day. And you you know, this, you know, this is what you need to do to, to lose weight. And this is where, whereas like, you can be do, you can eat 500 calories a day and not lose that weight on your legs because you're, you're suffering from a condition. It's nothing to do with mm. weight. And it's that for mentally for, for somebody. And as you say, somebody so as a result has suffered with anorexia because they haven't been diagnosed with this condition it's really scary and sad it's scary and then they think we are crazy because we keep saying but we are doing everything and nothing is happening now I do understand that sometimes you know like it's not all lipedema fat so there is other fat involved so you can't just it's not even I don't like to say blame but you can't say it's all due to lipedema like yeah. the fat that can't be lost is lipedema but you can lose the other one so like if you have a normal regime I suppose when you do your exercise you eat well and you eat your normal calories not restrict too many calories yeah. you are able to lose that weight of course you are able to lose it but when you reach to the stage where everything stops, you're like, oh, hold on a sec. Why am I not losing anymore? Then you kind of go to these drastic regimes where, yeah, I ended up years ago. Oh, sure. I ended up eating 600 calories, wow. eating nothing. And I'm like, nothing is happening. It was very yeah. frustrating. Yeah. And I've been to so many health professionals, somewhere within my even industry. And I've been on really like, oh, weight training regimes 
with crazy amount of protein. I've been there. That's why I know a lot of weight yeah. loss because I've been through everything. Yeah. So I know, and I think if, the more you restrict calories, the more the body's going, no, 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 that's it. That's and, switching off here and you're not, I'm not letting, it's basically it doesn't let go the fat, it will yeah. hold on to it instead of letting it go. So, And is it, um, is it painful? Yes, not for all women. It can be okay. painful to touch. Like that's where I talk about inflammation a lot. So when I lost the when I did the roll, the foam rolling, the, the Pilates and all that, it really helps to bring down the inflammation, obviously dietary wise. That's obviously 90% of the work is through diet. So an anti-inflammatory, an anti-inflammatory diet, fasting helps to clear those toxins away. That's why I do specific things. But for me, I suppose, for my condition, and then you just need, to, you have to bring down the inflammation because it builds up so quickly. Like, I, if I have, and I did have, because I enjoyed it, like a piece of normal bread, like every, every person likes to have like all foods, enjoy yeah. everything. Oh, the next day, my legs, you could feel the balloon swelling. And that's the only thing I had outside of my normal regime. Yeah. It's crazy. And I'll see it and I feel it. And you're like, oh, there's the legs painful again. So that's why you kind of have to be it's it's a strict regime sometimes it's difficult because oh you're like oh my god I just want sometimes even to be able to eat like I'm not saying you know enjoy other things you know enjoy everything but I can't because then I'll be in pain and and if if somebody because I mean honestly if 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 this sounds familiar to anybody listening please take a look at uh, Virginia's social media because honestly it, 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 you might identify but if if somebody is kind of thinking oh maybe that sounds like me should they pursue it with their health professional and by that that I mean like a GP Would you, have you found that you're are you talking to a brick wall there or should you go down a more holistic route what would you what would you suggest I found Instagram extremely good to reach okay. out to women. So I've okay. had, I've seen women obviously from Italy, from, <clears throat> I have one from uh, Switzerland. I have like, it's great. The amount of awareness is spreading. And some of them come to me because they think they have it. And I then send them to the GP and to, they need to get a diagnosis because if you need any specific treatments, you have a piece of paper, which I now have, says I have stage two lipedema so if I need to get any sort of even if you talk to another health profession you have that diagnosed to say well that's what I have right you know so they need to get diagnosed but they come to me most of them without a diagnosis some okay. of them are in process of getting a diagnosis and I help them because they say okay that's what you need to tell the GP you have to go like I always say print off the general guidelines and bring them to your GP. Let yeah. them read that. And then that's what I, I help them to get a diagnosis. Obviously through diet, but then I would get obviously referrals from other practitioners that know I, I deal with the condition. But most women, like the, I have found women on Instagram, they've reached me, to me and they said, I think I have it. And I said, okay, well, you need to get a diagnosis first. But unfortunately, some women like, just want to try everything at desperate methods and they don't go to any like I have done so much research I've been to conference 
in in America. I've done a lot of work over the years, but then they go to somebody or maybe another lipedema sufferer and they just try what she tried, but she has different hormonal makeup to yours. She has different issues. She might not have your hormonal imbalances. She might be fine. And that's why she's doing so well. Then they get frustrated. Why is this not working for me? So it's also individual for Libby. And and you know what? I love that, Virginia, because there's so many like as it like as it, you mentioned Pilates there and 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 like I am um, a PT and I do watch what I, I eat but I'm very reluctant to share that on social media because what works for me and what works for you doesn't work for everybody else and that's where I think so many health like I'm saying health professionals, as in you know, a well-being health professionals. Not obviously, we've we've clarified we're not we're not doctors and we're not medical professionals, but that's where a lot of people go wrong. It's like, well, I did this and I, and it's like, but that's amazing that it worked for you, but that's not going to work for everybody else. And I love that that's the approach that you're taking because it's like, I what what I do for me every day might necessarily help somebody else's condition. Yes, exactly. And uh, for everything, it's always individual. Obviously, there are some guidelines, you know, that I would give because of, you know, being working with women. There are some guidelines which are similar, but they're never the same. You know, so I I think sometimes social media is great, but it can be very misleading. Yes. You're like, okay, but that is great. That is working. Like even for fasting, I say that's, you know, that's not for everybody. Yeah. And that's why somebody wants to start to say, well, I need to actually look at your, you know, your history. Like if you have specific things, I say, no, well, it's not suitable for you. That's it. So yeah. I, I obviously share what I do as well. No, absolutely. Okay absolutely. But Fine. you're always very, you're always very open and honest that this is what I do. It's not necessarily what, and, and if I, if I share anything, that's, that's exactly, you, you, mm. it's about saying what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you because fasting doesn't work for everybody. But you've said that all along. It's, you said that it doesn't work for everybody, but it works for you and you are yeah. going to help people you know you're going to investigate if it's going to work for some of your clients as well because you want the best for them and that's that's the end of the day result yes and I think there's a lot of marketing behind that anyway it's just kind of targeting women and say oh this is amazing this works but like you know there's only like it's always individual and you'll come down to that all the time and I know but some accounts are inspiring so you're also inspiring people by sharing what you do like water hydration like you are inspiring people to make changes so it's not all obviously but it's good to share what you do for help because even the small thing you're doing could help a person that is not you know, the wants that little bit of motivation. So it's good to share your own yeah, experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you talked about water there. That's the biggest thing for me is like, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, if you drink water and if you move, like yeah. there are this two small, there are two small changes you can make today. And that's you know, it, exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. enough. That could be just on their own, could be enough for a person to get going and then yes. obviously do the rest. That's it. Yeah. And um, over the past kind of two years, obviously things have changed and um, cli- some of your clients moved online and we're back to face to face and everything like that. 
what would you say is would you say that your clients are more motivated with you face to face or has has it transferred well online for you well because i see online all over the world they obviously i can't see i wish i love to meet them someday <laughs> but i can't but some are um still in ireland that obviously they're in all over the place in ireland so i can't get to see them they can't travel so far but the person yeah there was a lot of asking for one-to-one in person yeah um you know because i think we're missing and i really prefer the one-to-one sometimes in person because there is that lack of um i don't know contact you know even just the the face-to-face contact and the you know it's a different feeling to zoom Although I get connected, obviously connected with the clients over Zoom, but it's a different feeling and you, you kind of, I don't know, it's just different. And, you know, some clients prefer to still stay on Zoom because yeah. it, it's convenient for them. Yeah. That's fine. I, but some really like to come to the clinic and say, no, I act because remember the Zoom is in your house as well. So they might have other family members that they yes. not particularly like to share things with, obviously, because it's quite personal. And then they want to see you because they know, okay, I can steam off. I can let everything out. There's nobody listening here, just obviously me, which is private and confidential. That's, you know, obviously that stays in these walls. Um, But they like that because they know it's the safe place. They come in, they tell everything what's going on. And there's not nobody else that they could listen or, I don't know, there'd be kids coming in. Yeah. (laughs) I had all sorts of things. Kids walking in and like, oh stop this is my time go to bed so it's difficult but some people will genuinely prefer to come in person yeah and what what um from your business perspective like what things have you done to make life easier for you like do you delegate any aspects of your business now Yes, I do. I've um, I've actually, uh, that's a very important point I want to mention about Instagram, because obviously that's my biggest platform. And I, um, so there was a point, there was something I wanted to share um, that for Instagram that I suppose you can delegate, you know, your social media to other people, but I decided not to because I was in two minds of delegation, my social media, but I decided it's me it's my business, it's the face of my business. So I have to be the person in charge of my page. It's different if it was another type of business where I was just selling products and I could do that. I decided I want to keep in touch. I want to respond personally to the people and to my DMs and be present. So and that's a job. That's my other full-time job to keep Instagram active. But I delegated like my business for the websites and my logo, of course, because I can't do everything. And yeah. I want to be able to concentrate more on researching, studying, writing down and obviously expanding my knowledge. So, yes, I, I think delegation is very important, you know. So um, I think it's, it's important for a business to be able to concentrate on the things you actually do every day to delegate I think it's really really and it's going to make your life easier too because you know you're given the work obviously I like to give work to local businesses and all that so I try to find as much local businesses as I can but I think delegation 
it's really, really important. If you can't, like I can't give all my best if I do everything. If I try to do everything, I yeah. can. It's just yeah. can. So yes, I do delegate. Yeah, and um, which is which is brilliant. And I mean, I, I it's so funny when you talk about the the social media. It is very hard to to let go of that. And you're right, because you're not selling a product. You know, you're not selling like a tangible product. You're selling you're selling you at the end of the day and how you can help people. So it's building trust more than anything else, isn't it? Like that's Absolutely. And I'm selling an experience. So yeah. I want people to feel safe and confident when they come to me. Like I would like to see that from a person that I'm I'm you know they're leaving their their so much of their personal life behind here so they have to feel safe yeah you know and that's what I'm trying to obviously that's what I'm trying to do I want to be there to make to give that trust and yes to make people feel safe when they come to me and obviously by my knowledge by my studies by you know being obviously who I am but I'm also like to be myself I don't like I like to show my side as well because obviously I want to be as natural as possible absolutely yeah yeah and um I'm going to I'm going to use that natural as possible to (laughs) ask you the next question where the other thing that is huge about you is your um passion for the environment and sustainability and that's one thing that is so evident from your your social media as well um First of all, tell me about that. And then is there like three small changes that our listeners could make to just become a little bit more eco-friendly and sustainable aware today? Because I just look at it and they're, like you are inspirational on that side of things as well, for sure. Yes. And that's the, my other business. That's the second business. <laughs> um, but I suppose it comes from my family it comes from my background from where I live how I was raised from not to waste any food and always obviously you know it's not I was never force fed and I wouldn't encourage anybody to force fed their kids because that's not healthy and it's not leading to better eating regimes when they're older so it doesn't work but I was just um kind of, you know, I was involved in the process of making the food. I knew where the food came from. I knew the sacrifices my parents had to make to make sure I had that lovely fish fillet on my plate because they were really, like my parents, oh, we had the best diet. They made sure the best food was always on the table, but they compromised on the wrong things to make sure we had the best. And we go to the farmer's market. My dad still goes to the farmer's market. I suppose it's very big in Italy to go to the farmer's markets. And he buys all fruit and veg, really good quality from every week fresh. And, you know, it's just the mentality, I suppose. So I've been, I grew up with that, um, you know, sustainability mentality already. So I see, I saw it in my family and you see it a lot in Sardinia and in Italy because it comes from like you need to really appreciate where food comes from, food and, and everything else, I suppose. I never grew up as having loads of clothes, loads of items. It was always like, OK, I want that pair of shoes. I really kind of had to appreciate what, you know, the work behind that pair of shoes. And it was just, I think it really, really 
stuck with me for years now, obviously as an adult. And I want to pass that on to my family and to people because it's, I think the modern society is like, oh, we have everything. So we don't appreciate the importance of, you know, like food items or clothes items or any items. We don't appreciate them. So if something breaks, oh, yeah, I can replace that. But where is that going? That's going to landfill. Yeah. That's going to be, that's going bad. That's bad for your health. Like, yeah. I know recently they found plastic in human blood. That's just, yeah, yeah re- like it's scary. But that's my passion came from my family. And I always say, always comes from how your behavior, how you, you uh, behave in front of your children they pick up on everything and i know my children would be very like oh no we don't waste this let's bring it to the chickens you know so i can see that already they don't waste food because they mm-hmm. know that obviously you have to teach them so there is an element of saying to the children look we work hard to bring food here on the plate and the growing vegetable really really helps so much because they yeah. know where it comes from but they know like, oh, if we don't eat these, this goes to the compost or goes to the hens. They love that. And they're already growing up with that. So for people, I suppose, you asked me for three simple steps would be try, obviously, to cook only what you buy, what you need first. Yes. Only buy what you eat. Have a meal plan for the week. So a week shopping list for the week. Don't buy any extra tempting foods because they're on sale or they I, I, I like I've been there myself it's like oh this is great it's reduced but are you really going to eat that or is it going to be sitting in the fridge for a week and then you throw it away so first thing would be shopping list have a shopping list for the week have your meals plan roughly not very like, yeah. not very rigidly but know what you're eating for the week so there's no waste then don't uh, freeze meals straight away because don't leave things sitting outside because they could go off then so if you make extra soups freeze it freeze things and so you can have batch for the like I do like a bolognese stuff like that I freeze it so I know I'll have that for two three other meals so freezing and packaging that's another thing just watch the packaging buy like for the kids for example I think it's the biggest thing for kids school lunch boxes they're all wrapped in small little um individual things and that's all adding to plastic and it's it doesn't get recycled people think it does but it doesn't all these small packaging doesn't get recycled because it says even at the back not recyclable because most of these small items don't so buy just the full packet of cheese and just cut it yourself just one packaging and i think that's just you know look at your bean and i've talked about my bean many times which is almost empty i every two weeks barely feel the black bean and which is black my black bean is the general waste so barely feel that and the recycle is now it's half full so that means i'm using way less plastic and packaging and all that so three steps would be the meal planning shopping list freeze your food when there is extra and then um look at your beans basically look at the packaging you're buying every week that's all three small things you can you can do this week. And, and I love the packaging one because like the amount of times I've like, you know, you pick something up in error, even, you know, to, to, like I, I, I think that we need to even become savvy when we're in the store, as you say, like the shopping list, list helps with that. But like it frustrates me so much when I come home with something and I didn't like it's 
not recyclable and people people don't even look at that and they just put it in the recycle bin yeah and they think they don't know though they don't know that's it and then it doesn't get recycled I had yeah we had a conversation with um um Connor which is Connor Spacey which is a lovely like he's just done some amazing work over the years for sustainability and he said like most items do not get recycled in Ireland anyway because yeah. they, they say they're recycled, mean, but half of the stuff doesn't get recycled. They don't yeah. have the facilities to recycle all these amazing, these um, rubbish and plastic we produce every every two weeks. It's yeah. crazy. So yeah. packaging to me is really important, and I make sure. Obviously, there will be because we have a lot of imported things. Unfortunately, there is stuff that we have to buy, so it will be. But try to buy one packaging, so you don't have multiple little things yeah. hanging around. So one packaging, and yeah. then that's it. So cheeses and small kids like um, kids' little boxes of plastic wrapped in things. Just buy the big bag and just use what you need and seal yeah. it, and that's it. One yeah. bag. So yeah, that's yeah. what I, oh, that's, I say, like. Yeah. It's that's great. As, as it was funny, um, I, I was saying to you that I was at two weddings over the weekend, and I was given anxiety to people because I hadn't decided what I was going to wear about two days before. But I knew I wasn't buying anything new. Like that's the thing as well. Like, mm. like that's you know that's one thing over the past kind of definitely four or five years for me. It's like you know we have so much in our wardrobes that we never wear and it's like why are you constantly going out to buy new clothes exactly it's fa- it's fast fashion I suppose that's the big thing and I do the same and I'm always trying to you know if I don't wear anything I give it away or to charity and I always try to revamp what I have you yeah. know and it's just I don't that's the thing yeah don't buy too much because they end up I just it just breaks my heart to see all these items and I always say buy good clothes buy yes. good quality clothes the last you for what like shoes obviously initially we're big into good quality shoes anyway but like two or three pairs and have enough yeah instead of buying a cheapy like and the worth that went behind making that pair of shoes yeah I don't even want to know because it's it's just so sad yeah so good quality not that even some of the good quality no don't get me wrong so many some of them are even yeah they mark up the price yeah absolutely yeah if it, if it has a certain brand on it and everything That's like it. that we, we all I know that yeah, yeah i know by sustainable brands with so many good brands around at the moment like organic cotton good quality like materials so we have so much i suppose yeah yeah exactly yeah. exactly um we touched on your um love of moving and fitness and everything like that and um is there anything else that you do to switch off for you like you know because it's very hard I I know like my from my perspective when you run your business online and when I mean online on social media it is quite hard to kind of just go yeah and and turn off what do you what what would you do for you to kind of switch off well painting (laughs) (laughs) everybody knew about my painting this weekend <laughs> but yeah well I, I that might be a silly thing but yeah painting it could be anything for like I do always say find something to every person they find your thing that helps to switch off could be walking some people say I'll go for a walk and that really helps to not think you know to kind of switch off and let it, I suppose switch off means different things for every person but switch off really means that you're not 
overthinking you're you're letting your thoughts um you know your 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 mind be i suppose clear up your mind of the things that were filling it up and stressing you so leave and the, the, find the best way to do this is do completely it's something completely different from your your routine yeah and you focus on that and that gives you joy and happiness it might be something that something small you know people I like gardening would would be one of the things that always helped me over the years especially through COVID and you just really get lost and switch off and then you're like oh this herb smells amazing what can I do with it what can I cook with this and you're like oh okay and then you're like how do I plant this you're kind of concentrating on a different thing that is not involving work or is not involved in your routine every day so it's switching off from routine that is really what you're looking at switching off from something you do every day so find one thing could be oh could be anything could be knitting could be walking could be um for me i suppose yeah painting i find really helps me and it's very satisfying for me to see oh i've done a great work well i think i have anyway and then kind of see the things done you know see yeah. oh great it's clean it's tidy and it's it just switch off I just find it totally gets my brain switch off because it's not work related it's completely different because you can get trapped in my I suppose in my field with these work thing you know it can get everything it's related to work yeah so it's like oh you know, sometimes you get like, I need to switch off and do something completely different. So yeah, yeah I love that. that's, that's a yeah, good tip. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good tip. Yeah. Um, what is your proudest moment? Uh, proudest moment? Yes. In terms of? In terms what? of anything, life and work and I suppose, obviously, I always look at the mom aspect because I'm a mom. So my proudest moment would be to see my kids happy and see them happy, I suppose, because if they're not happy, I'm not happy. You know, see them happy, thriving and just like avoid as much stress as possible from them, because I know that's going to reflect to their um, long term, I suppose, for their adulthood. And I just, that's obviously my proudest moment to see them happy, relaxed, that they're, they're, you know, they're enjoying life, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose that's always a mum thing. We always want them to be happy and, you know, thriving. So that would be my proudest moment. And um, so at Corporate Cam, we're all about taking risks to create your happiness. Um, speaking of happiness, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give to somebody who is, thinking about opening their own business or you know doing something for them themselves what what would you say to them I because I've done that myself obviously we um you know yeah myself and you know my husband would be you know we've completely dedicated that towards new business and obviously I'm the face of both businesses but it's yeah it's a big change it's scary but it comes from I suppose look at really your quality of life. Are you happy with your life? I suppose we talk a lot about corporates because that's when you tend to have a lot of burnout. I can see it. I've seen it. I continue to see that by obviously working with corporates and know people that work in corporates. It's just the the intensity of the work, just the level of work involved. And there's no family um, life work balance. There's just, just no, no balance. And then you end up really, really, killing yourself 
So I suppose this big, yeah, you have to plan. So plan it. So plan it and see, okay, can I do it? Can I not do it? So do I have enough money to survive? You always have enough money because people are always scared about the money side. You always have enough if you plan it. And if you just, as I say, you just think about, do I really need this? Can I save on this? And think about, because people say, oh, I'll be, I have no money then, you know, won't be able to go out or do, but think about how much it can help you, your mental health, how much you can actually feel, you can feel so much better, first of all. So think of a health perspective first and then plan it, just plan, see how much money you have, What's the, like, do you need to invest money? What does that involve? And I always say to people, start with your own passions. If you have passions, like you love making things, just make it happen. Start small while you're working and see if that is something you really like to do full time and gradually move away from it and just do it. I think it's the difficult part is move away and just say, I'm done with my full-time job, although it might be like a very scary decision. <laughs> Able income, it's like, I'm leaving behind. Oh my God, what am I doing? Sometimes you're like, oh, you know, it can be very nerve-wracking decision, but just do it. I say to people, just do it. And then you always, people say, I don't have enough. You always have enough money if you look at your finances. You always have money because it's, we always overspend on something we don't yes. really need. So you can make it work just by doing it. Just go for it. And then we're not where I suppose we have so many skills, so many qualifications right now. Uh, many people are have so many skills and talents. We're always able to get another job. That's always what I'd say. Yeah. Just And we have good support in Ireland. I probably in Italy, I don't know if I would have gone that far because okay. I know it's very difficult to actually find jobs. So in Italy, I probably would have been a little bit scarier to do a thing, a move like this. But now it's like, just just do it. So, um, yeah, so completely move to uh, own, own your own business completely. <laughs> I, love so, it. I love it. Yeah, just do it. And that's it. Like yeah. things will work out if they're yes. how they're meant to work out, I suppose. Isn't that it? Um, Virginia, every episode I do an either or section. So um, I have a quick list for you. So it's quick fire. Don't think about it and um, see see what we go with. I think I know a few of the answers to these already. <laughs> <don't forget. laughs> okay. So, um, tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. <laughs> <laughs> a trampoline or a foam roller? Trampoline. Uh, sweet or savoury? Savoury. A podcast or a book? Podcast. Pizza or pasta? Pizza. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. A walk or a swim? And swim. Uh, bubbles or beer? Bubbles. Uh, learning or teaching? Uh, learning. Face to face or online? Face to face. And pineapple on a pizza or drinking cappuccino after 10 a.m.? Oh my God. <laughs> I certainly is in the pineapple. <laughs> now, Linda, that was a good one. Um, cappuccino after 10, yes. <laughs> I know. And I mean, we all know Italians do not agree yeah. with cappuccino after 10 o'clock. <laughs> but I, in this case, I have to go there. <laughs> I, 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 It's always so funny when you have coffee with uh, Italians and it's like at lunch, you're having cappuccino. What? Yes, I know. What are you doing? <laughs> yes, yes. And is there anything else that you'd like to share? 
Um, have you anything come anything in the pipeline that you can share with us or there's so much going on anyway <laughs> I have so much going on but we haven't talked a lot about my other business I suppose so we are building um, a market garden at the moment where <laughs> um, it's going to be our family business so completely wow. family business um, so that's our solely I suppose obviously I have my own business but it will be our business as well so we'll be selling to obviously um, customers because we always want to reach to the customer first and then obviously restaurants and, and then, you know, kind of ha- it's a smaller scale. We're not doing monocrops or selling loads of carrots or loads of, you know, one thing. We're aiming to give variety to people and give seasonality. So give people the chance of seeing what can actually grow in Ireland. So we'll be able to have such a variety of things and people. And obviously, I always motivate people to grow their own. So I have courses on the pipeline of grow your own courses, you know, things like that. I have them in the pipeline, obviously, but uh, loads of things going and what's, on. What's that business called, Virginia? The new... Our business, it's called Barrow View, as the Barrow, the real Barrow, which is okay. actually close by to us, but it's not technically View. Barrow View Market Garden. So that's oh, fabulous. the Instagram handle, yeah. Barrow View Market Garden, that's amazing. And you know what, it's so nice because it's like, full circle when you talk about your dad going to the markets in Italy that's it yes yes I've always been passionate about and I always liked I remember he used to go early in the morning and uh, you know on his own it was his time as well sometimes I used to go with him you know when I was older but it was his time to get all the veg and everything and he used to buy some lovely fresh bread freshly baked oh it was lovely I have great memories of that yeah Brilliant, brilliant. And we've mentioned um, the Barrow View Market Garden. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, um, where else can they find you? They can find me on my main page, which is Virginia's Health Corner. So they find me on that page. And then Barrow View, the Barrow View is on the um, profile. So they can click on that. So it's a second page to my own. So my main one is Virginia's Health Corner. Yeah, that's where brilliant. they'll find me. So. Virginia, thank you so much for sharing your story on the Corporate Camp podcast. Thank you very much for um, having me today, Linda. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Corporate to Camp podcast. Please subscribe, leave a nice review, or simply come back and listen to us next time. I'm Linda Monaghan, motivating you to make that leap from corporate to camp. Thank you.